Michael Sonbert and Antonio Vance have held nearly every job in K-12 education. They've coached, trained, and partnered with thousands of teachers and school leaders from over 100 cities and eight countries around the world. They are Skyrocket Educator Training, and these are their informal observations. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Informal Observations of Skyrocket Education. I'm Michael Sombert, founder of Skyrocket. Here, as always, with the good doctor. As doctor, always. Doctor, doctor, doctor. Yeah, as always. Yeah. I remember that time when I, I said uh, I wanted to do some episodes, potentially on my own, and you got really upset. I did not get really upset, Michael. You got really upset. I did not. I did not. You're making that up. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dr. Antonio Vance. Antonio, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Good. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. You know that there's a bomb cyclone heading to New York this weekend. Have you heard about this? Going to be like two to three feet of snow right on top of your uh, house? Yeah. You know, I um, Mother Nature usually has the last laugh as we try to predict the weather. So we'll see what happens. But you're, you're thinking there might be a false alarm? I, I just think we just don't know, which is really interesting because this is the first time I ever noticed um, the weather being ambiguous. Um, for example, like on the Weather Channel, it just has, um, for the forecast, it just has little asteries and it says possible snowstorm, but like no real like details. And I'm just, I, I don't think I've ever seen that in all my years of like, being pretty nerdy and looking at the weather like they just will not give a anything you know quite yet so i thought that was really interesting what do you think they're what do you think they're uh afraid to like i mean they can't be uh, they over they're always wrong it's not like they're afraid of accountability <laughs> right i mean well, i don't know maybe they got a new boss i don't know <laughs> but they are can I, you, they, uh, can I tell you one of the things i think is like just says it just it, it, it uh i think it reflects the worst in people is when and we work with schools and it drives me absolutely berserk when a school leader will make a proactive decision to cancel school the night before because a big storm is supposed to come in um and then it doesn't come in and the next day people are like oh where's the snow oh i thought we canceled school and right. like it's just like hey they don't know anything. They did what they they did their best. They made a decision, right? Like people who are like, oh, they, they said it was good. No, it didn't stop. It's just like, yeah, because they're telling the future. <laughs> like it's like it's right. really hard to do that, you know. And and if and if they didn't cancel and there was snow, you'd be upset about that. So it's like folks are just never going to be never going to be happy. Just play on the safe side. I do think it's going to be. A, I do think it's going to be a bomb cyclone. That's like, um, I think it's going to be, I think we're going to get hit, hit hard. Um, I am flying home tomorrow night. I'm in freezing cold Milwaukee. I have to tell you some good Milwaukee stories. It's freezing cold here. Um, but, uh, I am hoping that uh, my flight gets off without a hitch and I get home before the, before the weather shifts back home. But, um, last night, dude, I went for a walk last night. It was like negative three when I left the hotel. And the wind was whipping. And so it was like, well, maybe it was like, I think it was positive three, but um, all know, I was known as three. Um, but I, the wind was whipping. And uh, I think the wind chill was like negative 10 or something like that. Whew. And I got, I got like a mile from the hotel. Yeah. And I'm, 
I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot, I cannot keep walking. I couldn't feel my feet. I couldn't feel my hands were burning and I'm stopped right in front of an Irish pub. And there were all these people inside the pub drinking Guinness and drinking whiskey yeah. and eating food. And I'm like, I think this is where my dry January comes to an end. Uh, but I, I didn't, I put my hands in my pocket and I got, I wound up, I finished the walk. I did like, just under, I did two and a half miles and got back to the hotel and was so cold that I couldn't even, I couldn't, um, I just, I went to like a corner of the lobby and put my hands under my shirt and tried to warm them up on my belly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that they thought I was just some like vagrant who just walking off the streets because <laughs> everyone was like staring at me and I, I warmed up and I was like, I, I, I honestly, I love the cold. We've talked about this on the show. Yeah, like I, if I had to walk another like couple miles in this, I don't, I really don't think I would have made it. It was that cold. It was like I felt it in my bones. It took me like I had, I got into the uh, hotel room and got under the covers and just like tried to warm myself <laughs> up in the bed. It's so freaking cold out here. Um, but I did, uh, but I did uh, along the way notice something. You want to? Can I tell you something interesting that I've noticed? What'd you notice? Um, you remember how a couple months ago, uh, you said you wanted to buy a dog, get a dog. Yes. And yes. I, uh, thoroughly, uh, emphatically. Advised, emphatically advised you against it. And then I went right out and got a dog. Yes. Uh, like two called. days later, yep. I am, I am blown away by the amount of, this is, I mean, this is not exactly highbrow. There's dog shit everywhere. There's dog shit everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. There's dog shit in my neighborhood. There's, there's, dude, there are like, cause I've never in my life walked a dog consistently. When I was little, my dad walked our dogs and then I didn't have dogs for years. And then we had little dogs when I was a teenager and we just let the dogs out the back. So I am walking a dog and now I am, you know how, like when you, uh, when you, uh, buy when you get a new car and then you notice that car everywhere. So now I have Absolutely, a dog yes. and I'm cleaning up after with the little poop bags and I'm noticing either dog poop everywhere. Yeah. Or this is even worse, and I noticed this. The reason why I'm bringing it up is I noticed it twice last night. Is poop bags somewhere? So people have brought a bag with them. They've yeah. cleaned up after their dog, and then they've left it somewhere instead of like throwing it out. Maybe, maybe they're waiting for the Kia boys to come clean it up after. Maybe someone's like assigned to do it. You think the Kia boys and the dog poop, uh, the dog poop conglomerate, are in uh, are in cahoots? Is that what you're suggesting? When in Rome, do as the Romans. So maybe that maybe it's just uh, a Milwaukee thing. Uh, we are um, we're going to talk tonight about the one thing uh, in K twelve education that we feel like everybody can agree on, which is that professional development absolutely sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. Everybody hates it. Um, before we get to that, and we want to talk about why and how to make okay. it good. Before we get that to that. Yes. We're going three questions for not the good doctor, but the best doctor. <laughs> doctor Vance, three questions, always random. Well, first one's random, second two you'll know. But Antonio, who would you be, if anybody, starstruck to meet? You met this person. Who would you be absolutely starstruck? Like, starstruck like, holy cow, I can't believe it's you. Yeah. Um, mm. Probably Oprah. Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. Oprah would like, I would like freeze and like, 
I mean, I see a lot of like, like famous people don't usually like, I'm one of those people like, oh, who cares? Like, whatever. I'm, I'm like that too. Yeah. I'm like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's real. I mean, like we were on, um, you know, my, one of my former schools was, you know, in the Lower East Side and there were like tons of, you know, famous people like sort of just hanging out in the Lower East Side and I, you know, whatever. But I think Oprah would definitely like, I turned to like little Stewie Griffin and be like, Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. <laughs> yeah, Oprah's definitely. a good one, man. Oprah's a good one. Yeah, I am not, I am not a, I think it's an interesting question because I'm like you, I'm not, like if I met Tom Cruise, I'd be like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, dude? Like, nice to meet you, right? He's like um, five, five. Now there's anything wrong with being five, five. But. I was going to say, you have an issue with people who are five, five? <laughs> but it's Tom Cruise, he would just be like looking at the, you know, crown of his head. You know, uh, what did I hear about Tom Cruise? That there, he's trying to film a movie in outer space. They're trying to film a movie in like the space, the International Space Station, and he's like, I think it's happening, or it's there. It's yeah. supposed to be happening. I, I I heard something of it as well, and I I wish him the best. <laughs> I I thought about this question. Obviously, I wrote it. Um, I think if I met uh, two people, I would be starstruck. One is the lead singer of Metallica, James Hetfield. Um, I think if I met him, I think I would be totally blown away and be like, dude, you changed my life. And I've been listening to you for 30 something years. And holy cow, you've given me like so much joy over the years. Um, and the second thing is, is LeBron James. Le I think if I met LeBron James, I'd be totally blown away uh, because not only is he just like, he's my favorite athlete. I mean, I root for people like, who's your favorite basketball team? Like, whatever team LeBron is on. But I was a Cavs fan, and then a Heat fan, and then a Cavs fan again, and now I'm a Lakers <laughs> fan. I love his game. I love, like, I just, I love what he's about. I love all his, like, I love him as a businessman, all his varied interests. I love him as a philanthropist. And I just think the guy is, like, I mean, to be in the public eye since you're 15 or 16 years old, and to have this like just spotless, impeccable record, and just to do good, and to be a good guy. I know he like he didn't leave Cleveland in the best way the first time, and like so what? Shut up, everybody! But like, I just think if I met LeBron James, it'd be cool. Like, we like my kids have like LeBron James jerseys. We read he's he's written a couple of children's books. We read LeBron James books. Like, I just like like LeBron James is like I feel like the sixth member of my family in some sense because we like talk about him all the time and like just yeah. like who he is and that he's just a great role model. So like Metall like James Hetfield for Metallica selfishly, just because I mean this guy like defined my youth. I'm picturing me and my best buddy growing up 13 years old in his bedroom with tennis rackets as guitars, banging our heads, uh, and then LeBron just for like, I don't know, who he is as a basketball player and even even beyond that. I agree. I like, I, I don't know who the first gentleman is. Uh, <laughs> <you mentioned>. um, <laughs> LeBron, of course, like, I, I don't know if I'd be starstruck. I'd be like excited, like, oh, wow, like, great. But I wouldn't like stop in my tracks. I wouldn't, you know, get palpitations and sweaty palms. Um, but yeah, he is a great guy. I, I think he's, a, he's an amazing athlete, upstanding guy. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's not my starstruck. not starstruck. Okay, got it, got it. Um, you don't know who James Hetfield from Metallica is. I think, considering what you 
that you hate music with a passion. I think it'd be very hard to get you into Metallica. I mean, you hate music. I do not hate music. So with Stop saying that. That is not true. Vance, what's something? What is something you've learned? Wait, when do you? What you listen to music when you go to the gym? So, in other words, you never listen to music. I, ooh, <laughs> nice. Burn. I, I go. To when the was gym. the last time you went to the gym? Yes. It, was it this year? Was it in 2022? Yes. If, if you got an Apple I, Apple Watch, you could follow and watch me finish my workouts. Got it. All right. I have data just, to support my workouts. Uh, which, what was your workout? What did you do? When? When you went to the gym. Um, yesterday? Yeah. Oh, I did it's chest. A complicated question. Did you really go? Yeah. I did chest and legs and I ran on the treadmill. How much did you run? Um, did two and a half miles. Oh, wow. All right. That's a nice run. Yeah. Did, did I tell you I committed to doing 52? I'm within this like group of like lunatics who just do we do these physical challenges, which I've talked about, but we're doing 52 10Ks this year. So one 10K a week, 10K is like 6.2 miles, 6.2-ish yep. miles. So I just, we ended a little bit early today. And yesterday, I'm, I'm in Milwaukee. Yesterday was negative whatever today's a little warmer it's in the 20s so i uh the reason why i was late for this podcast is because i just go, i went and banged out a 10k i just walked along the but i'm walk i walked along the uh the the, the lake lake michigan it's frozen yep. these yep. huge chunks of ice i mean you've seen this growing up in chicago you've seen yeah, that yeah it's gorgeous it's beautiful it's yeah oh my gosh it's like there were like no joke there were probably 15 people lined up just taking pictures at oh, different okay. points along the walk, it was absolutely gorgeous. But, six six miles a week. Well, no, it's you have to, so you have to do one ten one ten k per week. So it has to be in one shot. Like you could do, you could you know do five miles five days in a row, but that doesn't meet the ten k mark. You have to do in one shot. You have to do the six point two or six point three okay. miles. And um, so you have to do that at least once a week. Reach six point two miles in one run. Yeah, well, technically, you just have to get to 52 for the year. So you could do, you don't have to technically do one a week, but. Oh, uh, okay. You could, I mean, oh, you could you do. You invited me to that. I would have did that. Hey, I'm only on number two, man. It's late January. I'm only on number two. If you want to join now, I mean, there are people in the group who haven't done anything yet. If you want to do it, you're more than welcome. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk offline. <laughs> you know, I'm going to update people on the next podcast. That's where the <laughs> um vance what's something you've learned or something inspiring since the last time we spoke yeah something i've learned um i was thinking about this actually today so i think i told you i downloaded this um this app called headway yeah um, which is like it gives you like summaries of books which i am not using to supplant actually reading books uh but it's like it gives you like a 17 minute summary of some like really great books so i think it was like i was like one day last week i was like cleaning or something and uh and you can set it to like where it'll like just play a random book and there was this book i don't know i mean I, it, I, apparently like lots of people have read this book i never heard of it's called the um four hour body four hour body no i never yeah. heard of it yeah well and it's like be like becoming superhuman. Um, and I thought about you too. Uh, who's, I was like, the maybe, author? who's the author? I don't even know who the author is. I'd have to look it up. Um, I think Tim Ferriss wrote the four hour work week. Is that I don't, I don't same know. author? Google it while I'm talking. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'll do that. You, you go, you go. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> there was this concept that I absolutely loved in the book um, that he talked about. And I'm sure this is yeah, Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week. He's got the four hour body, the four hour chef. Yep. Okay. Same. So same person. Yeah. Tim Ferriss. Yep. All right. Great. Um, so there's this, um, he, this concept that I think I've heard before outside of the context of this book, the minimum effective dose, the MED, mm. um, which he sort of like says is like, like the smallest amount of something that will produce the actual like effect that you want to see. Mm. And so like he brought up the point of like, um, I love this, by the way, like, you know, water boils at 100 degrees, right? So yeah, there's no need to get any hotter. Yeah, if you do it at 110, you're just like wasting power. You're just wasting electricity. Like water is going to boil at 100. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And so like he used all of these other sort of like your body, like there's a certain like minimum effective dose that you need in order to like have gains. Like if you want to like build muscle, if you want to lose weight, like there's a minimum amount to do. And then like going over that actually could do worse. And today, um, I was working with a, a leader, and um, I was just thinking we were we were do- going through a, a coaching session, and which are you you know skyrocket coaching sessions are, are brief and to the point. Um, and he was you know, and the leader was sort of like, oh, you know, we're going to do that you know for an hour, and I was like, no, we're not going to do an hour. We're going to do you know probably around twenty five minutes. Like we're going to like go through, we're going to practice and get ready. Mm-hmm. So I, I observed him coaching a leader. And I immediately gave him feedback after. And it was, and I, it's so amazing because I actually thought about this minimum effective dose. Like, what does he need that will get him? What dosage am I going to apply? Like, I don't need an hour long session with him um, or, you know, with the leader to, to actually get the, you know, the outcome that we wanted. And we literally spent 17 minutes being hyper-focused pointed and he had another check-in with a, another leader um you know 30 minutes they were they, there was a 30 minute break in between i coached right in between that and the very next session i mean i i wanted to like jump up and like hug the guy i mean like one he like implemented the feedback immediately but and i thought about this minimum effective dose like how many folks are going through these hour-long meetings these like or just like overdosing folks with information when like in 17 minutes, this, this, this leader was able to, to like change their practice. Now, of course, like there's needs to be some reinforcement. Sure, We're going to need to do it again. We're going to yeah, have to get these things situated. It's not going to stick unless you do those things, but your point, your point makes sense. Yeah. Right. And it just, and I thought about, and it was so funny, and I just made that connection that, you know, if, if, if we start to live in like, what is like, instead of like overkill or what you heard works, like, what is the dosage in life? You know, we, we, we tend to overdo lots of things. Like you don't need to like bench press, you know, 400 pounds, you know, and 20 reps, right? There's a, (laughs) there's a minimum effect. I mean, that's probably way too much. It's probably not even human, but right. 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 um, (laughs) <laughs> but you, you know what? You get the gist. Like we, we I totally need to get the, yeah. what those dosages are in order to get the, the 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 desired outcome. I love it. I love it. It's actually um, 
yeah, it's making me think about my own practices. I, I um, I'll often see things on like TV, like infomercials, like you know, get six pack abs in ten minutes yeah. a day, and I always, or oh, we, I eight minute abs, right? Everybody remembers that, and uh, I'm always like, now I, I like working out. I like going to the gym. I like lifting weights. I like running or walking. I like walking better than running, to be honest. But um, it's an interesting point. At what point? At what uh, where's the tipping point where you get what's it the law of diminishing returns where you're doing yes. more harm than good yep and it's i've i've thought about that with uh physical uh pursuits but never anything intellectual and that you are the spider model right uh, but i've just never thought about that piece of like the the overwhelm and let's do it to maximize um their learning Right. I've, I guess I've thought about a maximizing impact and time. Really, really interesting, man. Yeah, yeah. Tim Ferriss is good. Tim, the four-hour work week's good as well. He's good. He's got a good podcast. I mean, nobody listening to this should go listen to that instead of this. <laughs> but it is. Uh, I we'll learned about. It for you. <laughs> uh, we'll summarize. It. I learned about two things. I have my phone out because I want to make sure I get this right. But I, um, I, uh, I, I read an interview with uh, an astronaut named Jessica Meir. It's spelled like M-I-E-R, but I think it's Mir, um, or M-E-I-R. She's amazing. Uh, she's like a marine biologist and an astronaut and went to Harvard and Brown. Or, and uh, she flies, before she was an astronaut, she was like an amateur pilot. And, um, I mean, she plays the saxophone and speaks Russian and German. And she's just like, holy cow, right? Like, how are you this prolific but she uh, uh she talked about this thing called the overview effect which and i have it up here she she explained it but i want to give the actual definition or the or the actual psychological uh, explanation the overview effect is a cognitive shift in awareness reported by some astronauts during space flight often while viewing the earth from outer space it is the experience of seeing firsthand the reality of the Earth in space, which is immediately understood to be a tiny, fragile ball of life, hanging in the void, shielded and nourished by a paper-thin atmosphere. The effect may also invoke a sense of transcendence and connection with humanity as a whole, from which national borders appear, appear petty. And uh, I've heard about, I've never heard it called this, but I have heard that for the people who've walked on the moon, they come back to Earth and like they're changed forever. They've seen something that we've never seen. I actually heard that they can't almost get, that some of them fall into depression because they can't find that same high and that same sense of excitement in anything on Earth. And so that, I should be more accurate. That's what I've heard. I've never heard until I read the piece with her about this aspect of it but of seeing the earth as this tiny ball and how fragile and just in the middle of nowhere it is and that it makes people who are up there they, they're like like nothing matters like what are we angry about what are we like what are we arguing about like what like oh my goodness do you do you, do you all back home understand how like crazy this is with this dot in the middle of nowhere and it's such a fascinating idea to me. And, and 
I don't know. I don't plan to go to outer space at any point. But man, I wish we could all I wish we could all have that perspective. You are on mute. For the first time ever on our podcast. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> That's all right. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. You sometimes you laugh when you when you talk. I don't want to interrupt you. No, I mean, you know I love this idea. And it's so funny. I just today saw a picture of the representation of how far since we've been broadcasting radio waves, how far it has actually reached. It's and, only reached like, has it reached beyond our solar system at this point? I mean, very, yeah, it's like, it's like almost too, like, it, like the, the amount of space in comparison to our galaxy is so infinitesimally small. I know, it's crazy. Um, that I, I looked at it and I just like, you know, since radio has been broadcasting, you know, maybe a hundred, you know, a little over a hundred years, I just looked at this and I was like, we are just like so encapsulating this little bubble and we care. And it's so funny. I thought about that same very thing that like, we're not, no one's hearing our message because it's so, we're so infinitesimally small in this like gigantic soup of, of, of universe. Um, I, I never heard of the term before, but I'm really, I mean, that's, that's really interesting. And I, I think I'll pass on that. Oh, I'm scared of heights, so. Yeah, well, you, you so I was going to ask you, you wouldn't go You wouldn't go up to, like, the space station or go to the moon nah, or anything? Nah, it's not my thing. Yeah. Not my ministry. Me, yeah. me, me neither, man. I, I, my <laughs> brain, I don't think my brain could handle it. I yeah, think I my brain would, I would think I would crumble into a ball. I, I yeah, I, I would, um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm afraid of heights. I get, like, spatially, like, when I'm, like, yeah. even if I'm on, like, the second or third floor in a mall, I'm like, I like, I, I kind of drift over to the wall and yeah. like put my hand on it because I start to feel like I'm a little like shaky or a little disoriented. Um, I would, I would have trouble, I think being, I mean, obviously you'd have to get training. They don't send you up there, uh, but I, I have no, I have no interest in going to outer space. Got it. Um, I, uh, one other thing I just, uh, I'm just thinking of this now. I, so I told you I went, I, I did this, uh, I did this uh, mission down by the lake just a little while ago, and I was, uh, yesterday I was freezing. Yesterday I was like, I can't survive out here for much longer, uh, probably being dramatic, but today it was like, all right, cool, it's 25 or whatever it is, and I can handle that. But I go past the lake, and there's an area that's not frozen. There are all these ducks who are just, like, swimming and going underwater and, like, quacking and frolicking around, and they're not... The water, I mean, the water's got to be, what, 40 degrees, 30? Yeah. I mean, well, no, less than that. I mean, if there are parts that are frozen. And they're totally fine. And I just, it was a reminder to me to be humble and to understand that there are, like, I might be good at some things, but it doesn't mean that, like, it, that, that like every person we, we work with or know, like, they're good at, they're good at their stuff, right? Yeah. And the way our relationships are in a lot of ways, the way they're designed is that we're coaching people who we work with. Um, and so it, it automatically creates this dynamic of like, Hey, like we know a thing that you all might not know or might not know as well. And it could be specific to our model. It doesn't mean we necessarily know instruction or schools better than them, but we definitely know our model better than them, which I hope we do. Um, but it's a good reminder to be humble and to remember that, like, everybody's got the stuff that they're great at 
right? Now, Duck can't post on Instagram like you. I know you're Instagram king, but oh, uh, <laughs> absolutely not. Duck can't post on Instagram, but man, that that duck could be in 35 degree water, yeah. swimming without a care in the world, while I'm sitting there with multiple layers on. It's just a good reminder to to be humble and to, to remember that everybody's got stuff they're great at. Everybody has stuff they really care about. And, uh, and, uh, and just to honor the people that, that we work with or that we know, because they've all, they've all got stuff they're great at. Michael, you, you're going a little soft on us, man. You get all this, this very existential, philosophical, I, I, what's going on with you, man? I've been accused by I've been accused by two people this year. Accused is the wrong term of going soft. Have you? Have I told you this? Where's? I I don't know, man. I'm just (laughs) I'm so I'm so in love with the world and just the humanity of all. Ever since you got this dog, you've been all fluffy and and cuddly and what's going on? Listen, man. If I could bring this dog to the middle of the woods and leave it there, I would I would do that. I am not is not the dog. My kids are like, we love the dog so much. Gina's like, I'm like, I get this dog, this freaking dog. Um, <laughs> but I'm nice to the dog. Don't get me wrong, but I am not the biggest fan. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it is. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the two years of being just being reflective. Hey, can you see what my shirt says? I'm changing the subject because I don't want to get too deep right now. Uh, my emotions like are something German. Looks German. I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. It is Holy German. Cow. Live. Hold on. Live update here. My flight tomorrow is canceled. Okay. So I might be going home when? Let's find out. What's tomorrow? Friday. Yikes. Yeah. They said my flight's canceled. What is going on here because of the it's the bomb uh it's well, what, the bomb. what time is your flight like six o'clock at night oh, oh michael we're on a podcast <laughs> this is like our regular phone chat sorry folks <laughs> this is a uh i so i like dumb dumb i forgot to bring we're just not even going to talk about pd we're just not going to talk about school but like a dumb dumb i got to uh wisconsin in negative something weather and forgot to bring a t-shirt so while I do have a sweatshirt and jacket, I said, yeah. hey, I should probably get a T-shirt. So there happens to be a bar in the hotel that I'm staying in. Yeah. And they have, and this shirt, so this is a Leinenkugel shirt. You can't see it because I see the lights reflecting. But this is a Leinenkugel shirt. And I go into the bar and I say, uh, she's like, table for one? I'm like, no, I need a shirt. She's like, okay. And I'm like, um, that's, a, that's a cool shirt. I'm like, that's the only short sleeve shirt you have? She's like, yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll take that. So it says 20 bucks. I'm like, all right, cool. She's like, all right, now I need to find, figure out how to ring this up. So I'm like, okay. So she goes and talks to the bartender. So then he doesn't know how, and he talks to the other bartender. And then a hostess, and then a ho- it's a hostess, and then a waiter, a waiter comes over. So now there are four people trying to figure out how to ring up my shirt. And it takes 10 minutes, but I'm thinking about walking out because I'm so fucking annoyed. But I'm like, you know, I have to see how this plays out. <laughs> and I'm just laughing. So I'm wearing my Line and Kugel shirt, which has probably been hanging there for two years. Nobody's ever, like, bought one of the shirts. But I'm the guy who goes in the bar. I'm like, let me get a shirt in the bar. I can't yeah. drink until February. Uh, but it made it crack me up. It's like, why? I can't believe that there are people. Like, it's like, you ever get into an Uber and you need to put something in the trunk? 
and the trunk is packed with like the person's like dirty rags Mine. and like yes. <laughs> yeah. And I always think of you didn't foresee that this could happen. Like you didn't you didn't predict that somebody and it's just you didn't predict that somebody you drive people for a living and that somebody would put something in the trunk. Or it's like, oh, oh, sorry, let me let me move this stuff around. So it's either like it's your first minute on the job and you didn't foresee this, or this happens all the time and you're you for some reason you don't plan for it. And it made me think you of this. Don't care. You don't care. And I'm like, I can't believe that you have shirts for sale and you don't know how to ring up the shirt. So anyway, I have a 20. I mean, I'm thinking about just throwing the 20 on the bar and be like, all right, see you guys later. But then they, it, there's tax. So it's $22, $22 and change, whatever it was. But I don't have $22. I have $20 and I have to pay on my credit card. So the bartender gives me the thing. And of course, there's a spot to tip. And as a bartender for years, I can't not tip the person. So now right. I give this guy who took 10 minutes to ring up my effing shirt. A $20 tip? No, it's five dollars tip. For a oh shirt. my god! So I am wearing this. I'm getting the most out of this line and Google shirt. Um, so is, is that German? You know what? Um, line and Kugel's made here in Wisconsin, but I don't know if it's a. I imagine that um, it sounds German, but I know it's made here in Wisconsin. There's actually a brewery uh, in Milwaukee when you're driving down the highway. I don't know what road it is, but you're driving down the highway, you can actually yeah. see it. Well, maybe some of our German or Dutch listeners can can uh, update us and let us know. Yeah, send us an email, Stacy Sombert at WeWillSkyrocket.com. If you know the origins of Lion and Kugel, if you have pictures of dog <laughs> shit on the street or the <laughs> do not send, send or the grass by you, send that to Stacy Sombert. <laughs> She's our director of ops, but also my little sister, and I have to act like a big brother sometimes. So whoever sends the most pictures <laughs> of dog shit to my little sister will get a reward. Um, Vance, are you having a drink tonight? I'm feeling a little loopy myself. Are you having a drink? I'm not having a drink. Not, not tonight. I'm actually going to the gym after this show. Really? Yeah. Why Vance, are you so surprised? I because Vance, I'm sorry, but you before said that somebody could bench press 400 pounds 20 times <laughs> and... I've never met anybody in my entire life who could do that, who could do anything (laughs) close to that. I don't think that doesn't sound like a person who is familiar with what happens in a gym. Yes. It would be like me saying, like, I probably Superman could probably do it. (laughs) Superman could do that. I'm sure there's some Olympian out there that can bench press. Um, I'm sure there's some some record book that's been. Oh, yeah, there's there are definitely people who could do that. I've just never met one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and you might not have either. I am, uh, I'm not drinking. I can't drink until I have five more days. Um, but I gotta tell you, man, this has been actually the hardest. I do these things all the time, which, you know, at this point, our listeners know this has been the hardest this has ever been. This is like, it's freezing. It's like we were virtual for the first couple of weeks. It's been some of the best football best football like the national championship game and now nfl football the games have been amazing i'm like i want to have a beer so badly um i haven't the other night i was like i think i want wine i'm like if i take some wine if i just drink some wine will anybody know and then i'm like wait that sounds like really like i have a problem <laughs> and so i'm like all right i'm not going to do it um but yeah i have five more days until i can have a drink and i think we're going to be in philly together you're going to memphis right yep but then I think we're connected in Philly. Well, 
Depends on what the weather says. <laughs> Next week. Oh, yeah, you might not be able to get out. Yeah, I got Go an advisor in. We'll, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. Hey, we're on a podcast. Don't talk about the, the weather. Don't talk about your flights on the podcast. You made that very <laughs> clear to me, Antonio. I don't want to get yelled at again. So I'm breaking please. the third, fifth wall. The fifth wall. <laughs> um, listen, man. What uh why do people hate PD? Why is it why do what makes it so bad? And uh let's yeah. start there. Go. Why do I think people hate PD? I mean, I can tell you why I hate PD, which is probably why most people I think go most professional development treats everybody like we're like these passive learners and little cups that fill us up, and it just doesn't PD usually fails to make room for people to connect to like what they're learning and in their own individual context um, to like build their own understanding um, and just like let people, you know, learn the way that they do. And I mean, it goes against <laughs> everything we know about how people learn how to get better. It just, it's. it's you're talking about the like the sit and get, just listen to me for two hours, four hours, eight hours, I'm going to talk at you, that, that kind. Yeah. Like here's the, you know, the curriculum are going to be used. Like let's go through each step and let's do this. And that, there's just no connection um, to, to, to what the, the development is about. It's just that you just are sitting there passively. And then like every now and then you'll get uh, you know, a, a PD where they're like, Oh, stand up and do this. And, Let's get into a small group and let's jigsaw this. And I mean, if, you know, if, if there's not a real connection, if we don't spend time, you know, building the connection to why it's important and really provide opportunities to folk, for folks to learn actively, um, it's not going to work. Right. But I think I just want to be clear on what you're saying, because I, I think you're saying that the like getting the small groups, jigsaws, that that stuff is better than the like sit here and yeah. listen, it's, but it's, it's like fake. It's it's this it's sort contrived. of contrived. Like, yeah, it's like okay, it's turn and talk to your neighbor about this question. But if it's not, if, if like folks aren't able to give feedback, or if folks don't, you know, you know, practice something and get feedback and do it again and like actively learn, like me. Like just, I mean, people are probably talking anyway during the PD. They're they're having turn and talks, either way. But I think it's like the intentionality and how folks do it, and not just doing it for the sake of like, I'm going to try to make this more engaging. I'm going to try to make this more active. Yeah, I think that your point's well taken. The uh, I think what's often missing in professional development, and it comes first or doesn't come first from school administration or district offices or uh, whoever the decision maker was is the context uh, to your point. Why? Why are we doing this? Yep. And so oftentimes educators find themselves, whether the, whether the session is dry as, as, as sand or whether it is some of what you're describing, which is let's get into some groups, let's get up, let's move around, let's talk to our neighbors and things like that, which I, I think we both agree is objectively better than the first kind. But if it's lacking the why yeah. and the, rele the relevance and the how is this better for kids and how was this decision made, 
what I've found about, about educators, despite how busy folks are and despite how hard the work is and despite how um, challenging it can be at times, if you can show them that the thing is more effective than the, what they're currently doing or is going to have impact on students, I, mean, I, I feel like that's a, across, across you know, all the schools we work at and all the people with whom we work, you know, even even as in the in like the darkest days and the most struggling places, I feel like if you can show folks that like this is going to be better for kids, like overwhelmingly people are on board. Sure, you have your folks who are like, "Hey, listen, I'm 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 retiring in two years. I ha I hate you. I hate this. I hate everything." Um, you have those people. I get it, but they're they're not the majority. They're actually a tiny minority. It's the context piece on the front end that that is so often that is so important. And so often missing. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that one of the, I mean, there are, I mean, there are so many issues, man. I mean, and to to start is that most PDs rarely don't don't have goals, um, mm. and they're not aligned to to something that you know or connected to um, an impact um, in the end. And I think that. I mean, one of the things that we always do is think about like, what, you know, what are the goals at the end? And I don't mean like putting your little objectives at the beginning of each, you know, that's important. You have to do that. But like, sure. what are the actual goals? Like, what do you want this to move? What do you want this to change? Um, mm. and, and what does that look like? Um, and then like, what is the follow-up? And that, that entire connection and cycle um, is often missing and disconnected. And so, like you said, it feels out of context. Oh, we have a PD on, um, you know, I mean, I can think of the millions of PDs that I've ran at schools that were like not connected to the vision, not yeah. connected to our goal. They were, yeah. I, I, I noticed something, I saw something and like, oh, we got to do this. Today, we're going to talk about clear directions. And folks are like, oh, okay. But like, mm. what is the context? How is it connected to where we're going? How can people identify with it? How can they like really make the connection um, to, to, to what that development is? And what are those goals? Like, what is it going to look like afterwards? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, man. It makes, it makes so much sense to me. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering, so we talked about context and that's really important. What do, what do, and, and I just gotta, I gotta be honest. We, we, we mostly run PD at this, for, at this point. We're rarely in PD, which I'm actually reflecting on that now. We probably should get more PD delivered to us to not only build our skill, but just to see what other folks are doing. But I, 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 you know, I really, um, you know, I really side with teachers on this on this one, and uh, I don't always side with teachers. I sometimes do, but. I really side with teachers. I, I, I can think of the last really bad professional development I was in where the facilitator who was, you know, an NYU professor and yeah. degree upon degree upon degree. I mean, smart, smartest person probably in the room, but was a terrible facilitator. Yeah. And the session was going nowhere and there was nothing for us to do. And um, I am such a snob when it comes to professional development. I was so, I was a I was a total asshole to this woman. And I like I, afterwards, somebody was like, "Hey, like you should cool out," uh, because she was like at one point, like she was at, like she'd be like, "Oh, like so, what do we think about 
this or something. Like she would ask these like open-ended questions. At one point, I was like, "Are you asking a question? Do you want one of us to respond to you? Because you're not like you're not. It's not clear what you want." Because she'd be like, she'd be like, "Oh, what are like? So what do we think about that?" And I'd be like, I'd be like, and nobody would say anything. She's like, "Nobody has any thoughts." And so people would like hesitantly raise their hands because it was like unclear what she wanted. I was like. Right. And so I just finally like just anyway with somebody on on the team. This is uh, when I was with Mastery. Someone's like, "Hey, like you should cool out. You're like yeah. pretty charged up." But that happens to teachers all the time, all yeah. the time, and they sit through bullshit like that, and it's totally unfair. And so my question for you is, I just I just, just remember that story. I I, uh, I was not not that kind. I was a total jerk. But um, apologies if that woman's listening. Um, what are, what are the good what are the good what do the good uh, facilitators do in addition to providing context? What do good facilitators do that bad ones don't? Um, I think that good facilitators are, um, they are mindful of their content. They're mindful of their context. They're mindful of their audience. They know who they're speaking to. Um, I mean, I could think of the absolute best, you know, PD that I've gone to. Um, where the facilitators were, I mean, obviously they were like really great, but they were energetic. They were engaging. Yeah. Um, they, they, they did 20% of the presenting and 80% was actual development folks getting better at things. Yeah. Um, and I think that good, good facilitators don't, feel like they have to be this, the, you know, the sage on the stage that they don't have to be the center of attention. Um, they're not the one who needs to be developed. And I think good facilitators um, also like plan. I, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about things that like, you know, good teachers do. And I think that yeah. really solid, engaging professional development um, is targeting. And I, I mean, I can think of, you know, probably one of the best uh, you know, pr presentations um, and, you know, their presenters are vetted um, and they they are trained um, presenters and it's just absolutely, you know, thoughtful. And I think that's the thing is like when I feel like someone's really put in, you know, amazing thought um, and, and have a deep understanding of, of what's going on that, that then then you feel better. And there were goals at the end of this and like in the next few months, you're going to do this. And we're going to check back in on this. There were deliverables. Um, it wasn't just me showing up. There was pre-work. And, you know, all of these things built into um, a development that made it feel like it was worthwhile. And I worked, I walked out feeling like a developed person, someone who was different and changed mm. their practice. Mm. I, um, I, uh, one of the things that I think is, so often missing in professional development that I, I think it's missing in our profession as a whole, which is modeling. Yeah. Um, I feel like folks are used to like, it, I think modeling is the hardest thing to do. It is, it is so much easier to say that folks should try something and then kind of cross your fingers and hope that they do it right. It is, it takes a level of, of I believe, yeah. courage, and um, almost uh, a vulnerability. Vulnerability. Uh, one of our our guests uh, a few a few months ago, Kirby from uh, Milwaukee School, uh, he talked about. I said, "How do you 
get up in front of you know hundreds of people and 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 show that kind of energy and show that kind of uh, excitement and and have that like level of kind of fearlessness. He's like, I'm not I'm not afraid to look stupid in front of everybody. I'm not afraid of looking foolish if it if it makes people better or or, or deepens yeah. their experience. I'm paraphrasing somewhat, but I think that there's that when people don't model uh, in both you know with one person in front of them or or a thousand yeah. and just kind of cross their fingers and and hope it happens. Uh, I, I I always see that lead to confusion and frustration and skill not being built. Absolutely. I it's, This is like uncanny that you're saying this because I actually saw it happen today. Really? Uh, I did. I ac- absolutely saw a, um, a kindergarten teacher uh, talk about the weather uh, with students and ask them, how do you plan for the weather? And there was a picture up on the board of a, a, a gentleman in a raincoat, an mm. umbrella, and then asked the kindergartners to, to talk about it. And they were absolutely like, they had no idea what to, what, what even to, to do. No idea what and to so do, no after, idea what to say. Yeah. No idea what to say, no idea, like, what does that actually mean? I think even as an adult, I would have been like, hmm, well, what do you actually mean by that? Yeah, yeah, well, and how so, should, what should I, like, what language should I use? What am I yeah. like? Right. Yeah. yeah. And to solve it simply would have been, hey, there's a picture up here. Uh, and, and the teacher had multiple pictures of different weather, you know, things. But simply saying, hey, this is the way that it should look. Yeah. Johnny has on an umbrella and he has, I mean, Johnny has on a, ra- a raincoat and he he's holding an umbrella. He's prepared and planning for the weather because it's going to rain and he doesn't want to get wet. You didn't wear shorts this morning because it's 20 degrees outside. Right. Right. right? right and like right. building folks' expectation. And you're absolutely right. I've sat in so many PDs where the presenter is using either jargon or language and 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 models and do this and do that without actually pausing and saying, this is what it looks like. This is the this is the, the expectation that you can either build on or this is the baseline. And often we just use words and fill in. And I actually don't think it's hard. I think it's it's easy, but folks want to just sort of like explain things and cross their fingers and hope for the yeah. best that 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 folks get it. And I mean, I think that's one one area that we we spend a lot of time on making sure that folks, you know, I I, I do when I coach, I know you do, and and that, that's what we do here is like, what does the bar look like? What, what where are you getting? Where are you going? Yeah, I like you, you. I agree with you that it's not hard in like a bench press 400 pounds 20 times what <laughs> but i think it's hard in like a public speaking is hard kind of way where it's mm-hmm. like what if i don't do a good job what if people think i'm stupid what yeah. if what if i'm found out to not really know what i'm talking about it's mm-hmm. easier to be like hey i'm from such and such consulting company we're yeah. here to do blah 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 like, yeah, like you all, now you all figure it out, right? Versus yeah. let me do this thing. And I think it's one of the reasons why, and I, I just think the whole PD, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I hear, I think the whole PD model is, is flawed. We've talked about this on this show many times in the first season mostly, yeah. but that PD is the appetizer. It doesn't actually make anybody better. I think the whole model is flawed. And I think the whole industry, if it is an industry, I don't know if it's an issue, but oh, I, yeah. I think the whole thing would be like, if folks who run PD were like, yeah, like this is not going to actually make you any better than you are right now. 
Um, you will have a sense of how to do a thing at the end of this, um, but you won't be even one iota better at the thing than you are right now because you won't just won't have enough time to practice it. You've got to get into your school. You've got to be side by side. And I think the whole model is, is flawed. Um, and it might be just a change in mindset that um, because a lot of schools, and, and you know this, right? Like, hey, we're using a new curriculum this year. Yeah. The folks from that company are here for, you know, eight hours. Oh, cool, right? Like, I can learn a new language in eight hours. <laughs> I don't think you could, right? You're smarter than me, but I, I don't think you're smart enough to do that, right? Like, it's a new language, man. And so how many people do you know? How many schools can you name right now? Don't name them, obviously. But, like, we're like, we use Eureka Math. And it's like a shit show. Yeah. We Expeditionary learning. Yeah. Oh, like. It's a shit show. Nobody's yeah. doing it. Nobody knows how. Like, and it's like, oh, yeah, because, like, you got PD for eight hours, right? Maybe they have the people come out during the year. Still not enough. Is the model flawed? I mean, of course. I mean, I, I participate in that. I introduced a new curriculum and sent teachers uh, to, you know, to trainings. and. How dare you? Right, right. And, <laughs> what, and what happens? They go uh, a mile wide an inch deep and yeah. then it's like make it happen and it's 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 that and what and of course what happened in a few months everyone is up in arms this isn't working right, um, right. This, this, this is terrible idea right and instead of like you know making a plan setting goals um providing the appropriate ongoing support pd is not like you i, I don't know how many things that you can just sit in one you know, silo and, you know, dump everything onto someone and be like, okay, you got it? Good. Make it happen. Right? Like, and I think the following year, um, yeah. after I got burned from that, we actually had a professional development plan that ex that, that expanded an entire year that mm -hmm. had multiple mm -hmm. modes of learning, um, multiple ways to engage in the material and to, to think about curriculum and how we're doing it, intellectual prep. Um, instead of this sort of like one and done fill, um, and instead of going that mile wide, really taking it and then really going deep and nuanced the, in, in ways that we know that people are able to connect to new learning. Um, I mean, that's what professional development should be. That's like, that's how we increase and improve teacher practices is that they need to practice with it. They need to get comfortable and fill and learn and not this sort of, all right, you know, we talked about this in PD, why aren't you executing the way we talked about like that? Those are like the worst absolute morale killers that you can do, um, you know, for educators. And unfortunately, most of us are probably guilty. Most school leaders are. <laughs> I am reformed. However, I am. Reformed. You are reformed. You are reformed. reformed. What, um, what do you have like a, a bad story? Do you have like a, a really bad story running a session? As a uh, facilitator, from, of course. <laughs> Can you say? Do you remember any of them? Can you share uh, it? God, yeah. I mean, I mean, I have ran. You know, I've certainly done. I mean, I think I can be like usually pretty engaging. I usually get really great reviews. Um, I will say that the the the. I mean, I think everybody who thought they were good presenters like probably got a, a nice smackdown during the pandemic, like <laughs> virtual. Um, virtual present. Yeah. Like that was, you know, the real test if you were a, a, a PD maestro. 
Right, right. Um, I mean, I have, I've been, I presented and my technology wasn't, you know, I didn't like take the time to like do all the, I mean, I've had some embarrassing sort of, you know, just if, if I prepared, um, great. I mean, I've had presentations with typos, um, which is always the sort of like worst thing. And then you have people like you in the session that like call it out and be like, hey, I'm sorry, did you mean this or did you mean that? Um, and then I've like had people like bored to death. And, you know, I think I'm pretty good at reading a room and being like, okay, let's like turn it up. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I have, I mean, I could spend a whole podcast talking about Antonio's worst PDs. Oh my God. Um, but I think over time, like you learn, and I think I've been reflective. I seek feedback. I've sought feedback. Um, and I would say over the years have changed and, and, and really um, mastered and, and got extremely comfortable with, 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 with making sure that professional development, that folks are walking away with something and it's not this one hit wonder. Um, I don't even do those. I, will, I won't do them. I won't sort of just show up someplace and like be out. It needs to be part of a continuum. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been asked to present or do things and I, I won't. I like, what, I like how you're like, I won't do that. Like, we won't do that. Yeah, like, Skyrocket <laughs> won't do it. Absolutely. Like, we won't just drop in like, and be I like, I won't hey. do that. Like, like, we're asking you, like, hey, Vance, go run a session on Bob. No, yeah. I won't. I won't. I won't do that. I don't. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. And we, we don't in Skyrocket. And as a personal philosophy, and I know it's yours as well. Like, we, we won't. We're not going to do that because, one, I'm not going to have anybody walking around talking trash about. Uh, me or skyrocket and say like, oh, they just showed up and like wasn't that good. Like, no, right, right. I, I I've had I've had a lot of bad ones. I'm you, you just you reminded me of something that I um reminded me of something when you just mentioned survey results and I ran a training once for about four hundred uh, educators in in Detroit and uh, I, I I hope this doesn't sound immodest but it was it went really really well and and um and afterward the feedback was like lukewarm and uh i was like holy holy like, holy shit like i thought yeah. we nailed this i mean people people took my number i mean i'm, I'm this i'm not exaggerating people were crying at the end of it i mean like because we i used like their own students i did a model lesson with their own students folks were blown away and um I couldn't figure out. I was like, I was really upset. And I was like, I can't believe the feedback. So, so like, you know, people gave me one, like ones, lots of ones and twos. And I'm used to five, fours and fives. And we dig in to the data. And uh, it turns out that folks like people, like people like straight ones. And they were like, best training I've ever been to. Michael's phenomenal facilitator, totally moved yeah. my practice. But then there'd be straight fives that said something similar. And I said to the people who handed out the survey, I'm like, did you tell people what the ones were and what the fives were? Was it clear what they were scoring? And they're like, I think so. And I'm like, I don't think so. Let's look through this. And we went through like hundreds of responses. Yeah. And I'm not, and it was just that people thought that all ones was great. And some people thought that all fives was great. And so shit yeah. was all, my old, but this, I was with Master at the time. I had to go back to, uh, my boss at the time, someone who you know well, and he was like, what the frick happened out there? I'm like, <laughs> I, you have to look at the comments. You have to look at the comments. I'm like, yeah. it's actually great data. But anyway, I, I ran up my worst one ever. I was in a room 
and um, I was there on behalf of someone else, and I was told uh, to present on a topic that turned out it was a subject that they, the topic that nobody in the room needed, um, and it happened to be, so they pushed back the entire time, and I was like, I at one point called the person who said, like, I was like, can you all hold on for a minute? And I called the person. I'm like, hey, I'm like, they said that they said that this is not what they're doing in their school, but you're telling me this is what they're doing. Is this like, where's the confusion here? But it was also happening to be like a week after one of their colleagues was tragically killed in a car accident, oh my which God. is horrifying. I mean, I'm not trying to, I mean, we have a lot of fun on the show. I'm not having fun about this, but like, so I basically got to a devastated room of like just like heartbroken and like fr like frustrated and like grief-stricken people to yeah. present to them on a topic that they like is not actually what their school was doing not even like hey we don't need this but like yeah. a, hey we don't use this program and i'm like and i actually stopped it in the middle i was like i have to i have to call i have to call my boss i'm like i'm sorry can you all just like talk amongst yourselves and i just i abandoned ship in the middle i'm like hey Hey, look, it's our mistake. So sorry. I'm like unplugging in oh, front of I'm unplugging in front of everybody and like closing my laptop. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like sweating through my shirt. Oh my god. I'm so like my stomach hurts. I'm like, I'll see. And I like I, honestly, I think if I saw anybody from that room, I don't think I'd recognize anybody, but I think I'd be more I'd be mortified. It was the worst. It was the worst ever. Horrifying. Hopefully you got that cleared up. It wasn't your fault, right? Uh, that that was many times. It's been my fault. That time was not my fault. <laughs> like, um, that scary. time was not my fault. But uh, it was uh, many times. It was my fault. Um, what? Uh, give us a. We're 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 getting out of here soon, man. What? Uh, yeah. What's a? Do you have a PD trick? Something you can, something you could leave our listeners with. Not something like super yeah. nuanced and high brows or like a. I'll give you an example, right? Here's here's a trick, right? One trick, and this works incredibly well. It always, I always think it's weird in a PD when when a, a participant talks. I don't think it's weird. It happens all the time. But the facilitator naturally walks right up to the participant because it's human nature, right? Like somebody's yeah. talking, so we want to like be attentive. But what happens is now the the facilitator is wholly focused on that one person and potentially. It, it also causes the participant's voice to go down because they're having more of a one-on-one -on -one conversation. They're talking yeah. more like this. So what I do is I step away. If I call on somebody, I immediately run to the other side of the room. I'm almost like the reverse Phil Donahue. I'm going to age myself here. Remember the, 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 the talk show Phil Donahue when he walked around with the microphone and would go racing to yep. person after person in the audience? Yeah, like jump a over rows. Right, he'd be jumping over rows to get the microphone in someone's yeah. face. I'm the, the, I'm the anti-Phil Donahue, whereas I am running full speed away from you because I'm forcing you to speak as loudly as possible. I'm not even looking at you. In fact, I'm scanning the rest of the room to make sure that those folks are attentive. I already have, you have the mic, the, the literal mic or, or, or figurative mic, so I'm walking away from you, so you're forced to project. I'm ensuring yeah. that everybody's hearing your voice. Everybody's getting the experience. I might even be like, can you folks over here, can you hear her? Great. Hey, we can't hear you over here. Can you, can you talk? Can, can you speak yeah. up? Like, I'm making sure that everybody gets that experience versus stepping over that person and potentially alienating most of the room. So that's like a, a one trick, right? We, 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 have, we have tons of them. But do you have a trick like that that folks, will, that folks can use, like, starting, like, tomorrow? Um, you know, one, 
I actually got from you, um, which is the take them to church. Line take them to on, church. On the slides. I um, got that from I got that from one of our old bosses at Mastery, so oh, I yeah. can't take credit for that. Yeah. I, but just actually, say, you know, say more about. I was about that. to say, I think he's told me that as well. <laughs> right, 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 right. But you refreshed yeah. it. And um, I think it's it's something that I do now in, in development. I do it when I'm coaching. I do it everywhere. And it's it really is taking them to churches that, like, on each slide or whatever your major point, like, what is the, like, priority takeaway? What is the one thing? If there was, like, one sentence on the slide, what is the one thing? Uh, that you wanted, like, take, like, you got to take them to church on this. Like, I want you to, I'm going to pause and say this. If you don't get anything yeah. from this slide, right. you don't get anything from this comment, this is the thing that I want you to do. It's that stamping and making concrete. And I have found that that has changed um, folks, especially, I mean, I don't do like heavy words and, and multiple things, like a lot of information on a slide. Like most presenters know you can't like dump a bunch of stuff. Um, or talk a lot, you know, through slides. But when there's something that folks need to get, um, it's worth that pause um, and just take them to church um, every single slide and, and make make sure that there's something to, to take away. And I, it actually has elevated my, you know, my 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 skills um, as a presenter. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, you know, you go to you go to church and there's a there's a message of the day, right? There's you yeah. walk out, right? And that you walk out and there's something that you are left with that is ringing in your ears and, and is, is, yep. is embedded in your in your mind. And that's really the idea there that that and if you're facilitating, you should look at every single slide and be like, is there a big message here? Uh, yep. A one sentence, a one word a catchphrase that that is going to embed itself in, in itself in people's minds or is there some sort of activity right and if there's neither because the activity itself allows whatever the thing is to come to life and if it's neither then ask yourself if this slide needs to be in your presentation and if it doesn't cut it out get it out of there because there are folks who are clicking. You said that most folks know not to have heavy words on the slide. I am less optimistic than optimistic than you. I'm not sure that most people know that. And yeah. I, I like that, like there are people clicking through. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. this one. And then they start to run short on time. Like this slide. Okay. So blah, blah, blah. Oh, we can kind God. of fast over through this one. And then this one. Yeah. Well, we'll tell you more about this next week. And, and then this one, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, holy cow. Um, and so, Yes, take him to church. Yeah. Um, take him to church, and that uh, and that there should be a big message on every slide. Yep. Um, Vance, are you going to the? Are you really going to the gym, or is this fake? No, I am. I have a backpack. Okay. Bro, why do you not? What is? Going, I, I've been going to the gym for years. What are you? What are you talking about? We used to. I don't know if you remember this. We used to run into each other in the the gym on uh, City Avenue in, in uh, Philly. Absolutely, in Philly, right? That That's when I thought gym. your last name was Songbird. You thought my name was Songbird, right? Yes, I thought you were Michael Songbird. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cooler. That'd be cooler. I was like, oh, that's an interesting name. <laughs> People, uh, somebody was, what's that? It fit you. Fit me. Somebody, what did somebody say recently? Oh, that Michael Sombert. And I was ah. like, what? I'm like, no, that's cool though. French, I'll take it. <laughs> um, all right, folks. 
thanks for hanging with us. We didn't talk a lot of education tonight. We talked about um, we talked about cold. We talked about. By the way, my flight is canceled. I need to figure out how I'm getting home back to New York. Um, and we talked about dog shit. Can, is <laughs> you is dog shit? Hold on. Is dog shit a curse? Is it a curse? Yeah, or, absolutely. Yeah, it's a curse. Yeah, it feels like it's like just a term. No, because you can you can like put in different contexts. Like your breath smells like. <laughs> and people are wearing masks, so now hope hopefully they know now. Would you tell somebody in a mask that their breath smells like dog shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael. <laughs> um, I have used it to describe instruction. Um, and I would only only do this with like leaders who I feel really comfortable with, but I'll we'll come out of a classroom and I'm like, that was total dog shit. What's going on in that classroom? Oh, yeah. Um yeah. Anyway, um send your pictures of dog poo uh to Stacy Sonbert at we will skyrocket.com. She's not on this show, so don't give any context, just send them and uh don't don't tell her why. Um, and, uh, try and do good, try and run, uh, effective PD for people. Stop, stop messing everything up. Give teachers a break. They're working hard enough. And, um, next time we're going to, we're going to hang out next week. Are you, you're in Philly next week, assuming that the weather holds. I am in Philly next week. I am. Oh, and we have a podcast. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm, I'm really, I'm really breaking the fourth wall here. You and I. Are doing a podcast, folks. You and I are doing a podcast on my. Oh no, it's the day after. Okay, so I'm going to be drinking on our next podcast because I am done with this 30 day hard. So awesome. um, I will have a cocktail. We will have, and a we will be more interesting than we are here. Though I don't think we'll curse as much. Then you got to stop cursing so much, man. It's bad for it's bad for our reputation. Uh, for Antonio Vance, I'm Mike. I'm Mike S. Mike Songbird. Songbird. Um, thanks for hanging with us tonight. Until next time, keep on rocking. This was informal observations with Skyrocket Educator Training. Sign up for our mailing list at WeWillSkyrocket.com. Look out for our next episode.